counts in horseshoes and hand grenades. There ain't no second place in Lambo, it's a whole new game. You either go big, go hard, or go on back home. You got to feel it in your gut, you better want it in your bones. Welcome to Lombardi's Legends Podcast. This is Wags, and joining me as always, but as his first time as a non Single man, he got married over the weekend. Dane, how you doing, man? Wags, it was awesome. Thank you, and uh, thanks for being a groomsman, of course, in the wedding. We had so much fun. I heard a couple Go Pack Go chants as Andrea and I walked in. I'm not kidding. It was great. Um, and, uh, you know, you know what else is great? Uh, the fact that preseason is wrapped up, and in the next few hours here, in the coming hours, we've got... Green Bay Packer regular season football against the hated Chicago Bears. And to, to get there, we went from 90 men on the roster to 53 men on the roster. A lot has happened since our last podcast. So, Wags, let's just jump right into it because we've got a lot to talk about. Yeah, absolutely. So I think there was a few highlights uh, that definitely we want to touch on. And uh, certainly we're not sharing any breaking news here, but... Um, it's a few things that stood out to me. One uh, was uh, Equimania St. Brown uh, went on season-ending IR. Uh, so he actually was not placed on the 53 designated to return. Uh, that means his season is over. Now, I don't know if that means if he would not have made the team had he been healthy, but I was kind of considering him on the bubble to begin with uh, because he got outplayed by, I think, a few guys that – just earned their way onto the roster in that wide receiver group. So congrats uh, in particular to Alan Lazard, Darius Shepard, and uh, Trevor Davis, who had very strong preseasons. And we weren't necessarily expecting any, or certainly not all of those guys, uh, to make the, the final 53. And Lazard certainly, uh, initially on the practice squad, elevated to the 53 here uh, in the last day or so. So we have seven wide receivers on the active roster, and uh, EQ was not one of them, but he will be on the team starting again next year. Yeah, I mean, absolutely congratulations to all these guys. I'm going to uh, include Jake Kumarel in this group as well. Jake is a guy that um, in OTAs, I think we're going, I wonder if Jake's going to make the team. And, and be able to kind of repeat that magic that he had last season. And then by the second preseason game or so, we all went, well, Jake's making the team. So who else is going to make the team out of these wide receivers? And you touched on it. And I'll be the first to, to say, I did not expect Trevor Davis and Darius Shepard to make this roster. I thought it might be an either-or proposition. Uh, both punt returners, um, both maybe not the, as, as tall as the rest of the guys, uh, the body makeup that we've seen in these rosters, but they both earned it by their play. Uh, Trevor Davis having that huge game uh, uh, a few preseason games ago. Darius Shepard from start to finish in camp. Heck of a job for a, an undrafted camp invite from North Dakota State. And then, of course, 
Wags, you and I both love Alan Lazard. We love what he can do. So yes, he got promoted, and I'm not going to lie, I think he's going to actually be on the active roster week one against Chicago Bears. He's going to be dressing as one of the 45 Green Bay Packers because not of only his ability as a wide receiver, but also all the talent that he brings to special teams. So good on you, Alan, to, to be able to make this roster and do all the things that you needed to do. Absolutely. So uh, moving over into the tight end position, unfortunately, Jay Sternberger also placed on the IR, but uh, you pointed out that he uh, was on the 53. So he has designated to return perhaps at some point. Um, and I would certainly a little disappointed to see that. So hopefully he can, or not disappointed to see that he designated to return, but disappointed that he's on the IR. So hopefully he can get healthy and return at some point, mm -hmm. because I would like to see, even if he doesn't make a huge impact here in year one, I would like to see what we have in Jace so that we know what we're doing with that tight end position moving into next year. Uh, Tunyon's going to certainly have an opportunity uh, to have an expanded role. Uh, look for Evan Bayless, who was on the practice squad currently, yeah. to potentially be on the 53 at some point uh, over this season. And uh, I thought he had a, a, a nice preseason, came on late and had a, a couple nice games in the last couple preseason games. So uh, it, it's uh, not a great story for, for Jace. I'm sure he would love to be out there, but uh, he'll have some time to get healthy and, and hopefully have a chance to be reactivated before the end of this season. Yeah, and it's, it's tough because, you know, tight end position at the NFL level is one of the most difficult ones, I think, for a rookie to, um, to, to learn because not only are you blocking, you're also receiving. They're going to ask you to do special teams. He was a 75th overall pick. So I think they're going to be asking him to do a lot of different things for us. Um, so now maybe we're treating at least the first eight games like it's a bit of a redshirt season for him. And uh, my hope, but I know all of our hopes here, is that um, he gets healthy he gets right. He showed some real nice flashes, particularly in the fourth preseason game uh, with that nice uh, goal line area touchdown catch. Um, so let's hope that he gets right and is able to play. But you're right. Now there's an opportunity for guys like an Evan Bayless to step in uh, in the interim, potentially. He's on the practice squad now, but he could join Mercedes Lewis and Tunyon and Graham and contributing until Jace comes back full speed. So... Dane, let's touch on some of these other guys that were signed to the practice squad. Yeah. I know a lot of fans don't necessarily pay attention to this, but it is important because a lot of them are going to need to contribute to the team at some point over the season. And this can be fluid. There, there certainly will be more moves made. Uh, guys will get picked up from the practice squad, traded. Um, other guys will get signed. But... There are a number of, of guys, I, I know we already mentioned Lazard has already been added to the 53. Yeah. Uh, I just mentioned Bayless is a guy to look out for. Um, there's a couple other guys here, I think, that seem to stand out as obvious candidates to potentially step up onto the 53 at some point over the regular season. Certainly Trey Carson coming from the running back position got a lot of work in the preseason, and uh, I thought he was solid. Uh, mm -hmm. Doesn't you know, necessarily flash any particular skill set, um, you know, above and beyond. But uh, I think he could contribute uh, at some point during the regular season. I, I was pre pretty pleased with what I saw from Trey. 
And I mean, a couple other guys, you know I love James Looney. Yeah. I was actually really surprised he didn't make the 53. I thought he played well enough in camp. Uh, but, you know, we're not there every day, so we don't see what's happening in practice. It's a little bit of an undersized guy, so that might have played into it as well. Uh, but he'll have a chance to continue to develop and get stronger uh, on the practice squad this year. And, and I think he'll be on the, the 53 at some point during the season. Uh, Dana, are there a couple other guys you think we might be uh, wanting to look out for? Yeah, I, mean, I think as a whole, looking at this practice squad group, I was pumped to see the guys that we were able to stash on here because I think we've got a lot of NFL-level talent here. I think um, Kavion Into, uh, the, the defensive back, uh, that we had into camp. I thought he showed real nice. I know he got banged up a little bit um, and might have been, um, to, although to his detriment, to make a 53-man roster uh, to the Green Bay Packers' benefit to be able to put him on here because I think he's going to be playing football for us at some point this year. Um, really proud of Brady Sheldon, who, um, you know, if you would have asked me after the first preseason game, um, what are the chances he's making this roster? I would have said uh, pretty slim. And uh, it shows because he started to show up um, after the uh, the Bolton injury. He started to make some plays, and you could tell that he was gaining some confidence and gaining some momentum there. And um, I got to tell you, I was pretty happy that Manny Wilkins was able to come back um, because that allowed for us then. Um, Kaiser's gone. Uh, we, we, we cut Deshaun Kaiser. We decided to go with Timmy Boyle. I thought that it was a neck-and-neck neck battle throughout the preseason. Uh, but knowing that Manny Wilkins knows the playbook, it really does allow for the Packers to um, go with two quarterbacks on their regular roster and then um, have Manny taking reps in practice and getting a better understanding of the offense because he flashed quite a bit of athleticism uh, in his time in Green Bay so far. Didn't get a lot of opportunity in preseason games, but um, with uh, some time in this roster and some time in this system, I think he could do some special things for us. Sure. Uh, we'll have an opportunity, I think, to give him an expanded role in next preseason and see what he has. Kind of like Kaiser, I, I agree. I thought that competition between Kaiser Boyle was, and Boyle was razor thin. Yeah. Um, Certainly Boyle seemed to get the leg up uh, as camp progressed, and he earned the job. So Kaiser is now in Oakland, uh, apparently one of four quarterbacks on their roster. They still kept four, huh? They still have four? <laughs> I, I, as of last time I saw. So yeah, I believe I, that's, I mean, with Gruden, who knows? That's changing all the time. But, yeah. Uh, we're talking about the Packers now. So best of luck uh, to Kaiser, but uh, time to move forward. So, um yeah, I, I think, Dane, why don't we look at a, a few of the guys that made the 53-man roster. Love to. And um, do you think it's about time to do a uh, DB preview? <laughs> <laughs> we, we teased it with all of our position previews, and, um, you know, we got so excited we were doing all these different podcasts, we didn't actually get to the DB preview. So maybe the smartest thing we've done in the history of Lombardi's Legends podcast wags is we wait until cuts happen because then we're 100%. Yeah, um, you and I, I, I know people might, don't have to believe us, but uh, before the end of preseason, we made our predictions for which DBs would make the final roster. and. Guess what? We were 100% correct. <laughs> but it was pretty obvious, I think, pretty straightforward with this group, the way that uh, they were playing. So at safety, um, obviously, we're going to have Adrian Amos and um, um, Savage uh, starting there. 
Uh, and then Raven Green had a very strong camp. I thought Will Redman had uh, a very strong camp as well. So uh, those guys definitely separated themselves uh, and, and, over and, the course of camp. Yeah. And Green and Redman got a lot of work. Yep. So that's going to, I think, pay some benefits down the road. Yeah, I was pumped that Will Redman got on this roster. I think that he's, a, if I'm not mistaken, I think he was like a third-round pick from San Francisco a couple years back. So it was good to see him be able to make these this move because I know he's been listening at times as a corner so to see him make this move to safety and then we've raved about raven green um this kid's a bit of a missile so um excited to see uh, them make the roster but then of course man with with packer chicago bear football coming up i feel so much better this year looking at our starting safeties and going we got adrian amos and and, and uh and darnell savage back there are you kidding me? Talk about an upgrade. Yeah, absolutely. And they had a couple of number swaps here this week, yeah. too. So don't get confused when you're looking out there and seeing the numbers on the backs of the jerseys. Savage did move to number 21, and Raven Green is now number 24. So uh, I guess they were eyeing those out. And guess what? To the victor goes the spoils, I <laughs> guess. So uh, they did get a, a number change, and that will be on full display Thursday night. That's awesome. Listen, we have a, a strong tradition of defensive backs and number 21 that played some good football for us. I mean, Craig Newsom in the Super Bowl year, and of course, um, Charles Woodson, one of the greatest defensive backs of all time. Now, I'm not saying Savage is Charles Woodson, but it's a nice thing to strive for, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I, I got to wonder what Leroy Butler thinks about Raven Green changing his number. He might be a little <laughs> insulted by yeah. that, but I don't know. I, I'm not sure the backstory there. Perhaps that was a number that Raven wore in college, but um, in any event, uh, that will be something to be looking for. Um, and then, so let's move over to the quarterback group. We didn't get to see some of these guys a whole lot, oh, no. and some we saw quite a bit. So... But how deep is this corner group? This is the deepest cornerback room I've seen in a decade. I, I really mean that. It's pretty impressive right now. I think what's going to be interesting is some of these guys, a la Tony Brown, Chandon Sullivan, that had such strong camps and have been getting a lot of reps and are showing what they can do out there. You know what? The coaches now... If they if they got a guy in front of them that's having a tough game, they can they know they can turn to someone else and have another option to throw out there, uh, and that's that's a luxury from a team standpoint. And uh, so, or if you know if there's an injury, hopefully nothing serious, you know that you've got a guy that's that's got some reps and has got a real chance to develop. Uh, so both Tony and Shandon, I think, um, you know, they're not necessarily going to be starting here in week one but I would have a lot of confidence if they had to step out there and play some football wouldn't you yeah and I think Showtime uh, Shandon uh, Showtime Sullivan in particular uh, he's a guy who they've we've seen now play cornerback and safety so that flexibility you know the Green Bay Packers love that flexibility and I think that he had some um, some boom plays for us in the preseason but to see him play safety on that fourth preseason game, you and I were texting each other and it's like, you know what? He just locked up a roster spot and now he's just showing what he can do uh, in a pinch because I think there's a chance he's playing all over the field this year in different packages for him. Yeah, and Kadar Holman was someone that yeah. I thought was uh, starting to make a strong push at the end of camp as well. Uh, we saw his name popping up. He was making more plays. 
later in the preseason. So he's not someone, again, not someone that's going to be obviously starting out there in week one. But uh, these are guys that got a lot of reps, and, and I think you can see that progression and development over the course of camp. So whether it was planned to play the starters as little as they did or as little as they end up playing them or not, it was, uh, I think, a real opportunity for some of these other guys to get some confidence, get some more reps, get out there on the field, and, and they responded well. And that was very, very good to see. So hopefully that carries out into the regular season. Yeah, and good news, Packer fans, because um, as of this broadcast, Kevin King is off the injury report. So we're going to be going into Chicago. Now, I don't expect Kevin King to be playing uh, a full uh, array of snaps, just working his way back in to get healthy. But we're going to have corners out there. Jair Alexander, Kevin King, Tremont Williams, Tony Brown, Josh Jackson. The list goes on. Um, that is a nasty group of DBs to throw against, especially as we transition towards the linebacker group and the pass rushes. This is a revamped Green Bay Packer defense, and Mitch Trubisky better watch out. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. And, I mean, think about this. We ended up last season with Tremont having to play safety, and now we can put him out in a spot where he's not going to be on an island, and he can really bring that veteran presence and that leadership out onto the field. So that's going to be huge. These guys have uh, gone through year one in Patton's system. Uh, we've got a, hopefully a stronger defensive line making a push and pressuring the quarterback up front. We've got some playmakers in the back half Ooh. of this secondary. I am pumped up for this group. I think they can have a huge year. Uh, we may give up some yards defensively. I think that's part of Patton's system, mm -hmm. bend but not break. They're not, they're, listen, they're looking for turnovers and they're looking to play the pass. So we're never going to be the top rush defense in the NFL under Coach Patton. I think uh, we have to remember that as fans, that this is the scheme that they're trying to run. Um, and uh, it's going to be dialing up pressure at certain moments that can, uh, you know, force the offense off the field, force them into a longer field goal, or force turnovers. And I think we've got playmakers all over the field to really wreak havoc and make things happen. All over the field. Let's talk about some more playmakers. We spent a lot of money on pass rushers, Wags. A lot of money. And boy, did we get a couple good ones. We got Zadarius uh, uh, Smith. We got Preston Smith. Of course, we invested a first-round pick in um, Rashawn Gary. Kyler Fackrell's back. We kept four outside linebackers. Um, so maybe one less than I thought we were. I was a little worried we might lose Ramsey. We're able to stash him on the practice squad. So what do you make of that? Because um, looking at the, the group, if you would have told me we were keeping four outside linebackers and four inside linebackers, I would have said, no, I think we're probably keeping five outside linebackers. We didn't do that. Um, I think that some of that goes to the injury to Oren Burks. Fortunately, he's uh, now they're saying about four weeks he's going to be scheduled to come back. We've had some movement there, but um, keeping four outside linebackers, does that not, to you, speak to their comfort level at this position? Yeah, I, I think so. I think the injuries certainly probably played a bigger part in how that shaped out, but Clearly, they're comfortable with who they have, and, and they're, they're going forward. Now, now, that could change in a week or two, obviously, mm -hmm. but um, I'm excited to see these guys out there. Uh, both Preston and Zedaria should be very fresh. 
Um, so that's got to be a factor too, you know, coming into the season, uh, not having to be overworked in the preseason. Uh, so they should be able to be out there. They figure they're probably going to be out there, you know, mo get most of the snaps on, on, on the defensive side of the ball. Um, and then they can rotate Gary out there and, and uh, you know, certainly give him some looks as well. So I think those are the three we're going to see out there the most um, mm -hmm. from that outside linebacker group. But um, yeah, I, I was actually pleasantly surprised, very, you know, um, encouraged by the inside linebackers yeah. that stepped up uh, when Oren Burks got hurt. And I certainly uh, feel badly for, for Bolton that he got hurt because um, I thought he certainly had an inside track to make this roster. Um, but... Um, you know, Summers uh, really, I think, ended the preseason on a strong note, had some ups and downs, but um, I think we've got to be pretty excited and pretty comfortable with what we've seen from Ty. Um, and uh, overall, you know, I'm a lot more comfortable. I'm not going to lie. I'm a lot more comfortable about both the outside linebacker and inside linebacker, but particularly the inside linebacker group that I was coming into camp. Yeah, and uh, we made this trade also for B.J. Goodson. Uh, B.J. Goodson. Sir. And, and, and I don't want to step on you, but no. I'm excited by that. I mean, he's, he's certainly not, you know, going to be someone that you expect to be, come in and be an all-pro level uh, contributor. But, I mean, Dane, he's got some talent. He started a bunch of games for yeah. the Giants. They've always had a solid defense. You know, what do you think? Yeah, so I was reading up on him a little bit because, uh, candidly, I watch the Green Bay Packers. I watch the Green Bay Packers very, very closely. And um, the, the the team I watch second is whoever the Green Bay Packers is playing that week. Uh, so I haven't watched a ton of New York Giants football, but I was doing some research and even Roto World, who does a really nice job of um, kind of highlighting um, uh, movement and, and uh, in, within the league, um, said that, uh, uh, quote, Goodson did some nice things last season, compiling 61 tackles, two picks, one forced fumble over 489 stats. And they said that um, they thought that he should be able to find a starting gig elsewhere. Now, that was before we made the trade. So they thought he was going to hit the waiver wire and some team was going to pounce on him. So to bring in a potential starting level player at B.J. Goodson to play alongside Blake Martinez, have Ty Summers backing him up there, uh, but then also knowing Oren Burks is going to be working his way back in short order. That really solidifies that inside linebacker position in a way that I was nervous about no more than a few weeks ago. So really excited about that. Really excited about the looks I think we're going to be able to see out of these guys. We'll see Raven Green dropping down into a dime linebacker role as well. I mean, when I saw B.J. Goodson was, was um, trade we traded for B.J. Goodson, the first thing I thought was, wow, Coach Petten has another toy in his toy chest to play with. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's... He's, uh, you know, someone that I think can have a little bit of versatility as well. Um, he's a little bit bigger than some of our other uh, uh, inside linebackers. Uh, so, um, you know, uh, I, I, I can't say that I've seen a ton of him playing and that I can break down how well he is in pass coverage mm -hmm. and if he's stronger against the run. Um, I mean, he only had a half a sack last year, so for whatever that's worth, but... Um, perhaps he's someone that can come in and some of those stunts and some interior blitz packages. We like to do that a lot from yep. the inside. Um, we even saw a lot of Antonio Morrison uh, last year doing some stunts and, and blitzes coming up the middle. Um, so um, 
Goodson, even when Burst comes back, is someone that I would expect, and if he if he performs well, we'll be seeing quite a bit of playing time. Um, he's going to be <laughs> rotated in and get quite a few reps out there. They're going to find a, a way to, to uh, help him contribute this season. No doubt about it. Now, uh, let's transition to the defensive line position. Wags, were you surprised we kept six? We kept six defensive linemen. Yeah, a little bit, but to be honest with you, uh, part of that could be that you know early in the season we've had a couple nicks and injuries up front uh, with that group already. Um, perhaps we just want to make sure that we have enough depth um, while the, before the weather turns to, to keep um, those guys fresh um, as we get later into the season. So uh, that way they can rotate all of them through here and um, they don't get... Uh, overworked early in the season. The way I like to look at it is sometimes uh, these backup D linemen are kind of like a um, you know a bullpen pitching staff in baseball where you want to make sure that they get some reps early on in the season, but that they don't uh, that no one's getting too overworked um, or overextended before they kind of get into the mid the throws of the season and things move along. Yeah, and I mean we know how good Kenny Clark is. He's going to anchor that defensive line for us, and we've talked quite a bit about the fact that we're going to see. Our, um, our outside pass rushers putting their hand in the dirt. Uh, dirt. I'm expecting Rashad Gary to have his hand in the dirt. I have read a couple articles very recently that we could be playing a 4-3 defense a little bit uh, as one of the, the looks with um, some of the Smiths or Gary or Fackrell having their hand in the dirt and pass rushing that way. Um, but uh, in addition to Kenny Clark, Kingsley Kiki, one of our draft picks, I thought had a really active summer for us. Um, Dean Lowry just got paid. We know how steady, how good he can be. Montrevious Adams has just continued to improve. No surprise that he made this roster. My only question with him was how many snaps is he going to be seeing because he seems to be earning every single snap. He seems motivated. He seems really dialed up. But then we got Tyler Lancaster in there who's a natural um, five technique guy. Another guy who maybe isn't going to rush the passer as much. Uh, although he can get after it a little bit, but he will hold down the fort on run defense. We'll see him a lot on third and short, I think, for the Packers. Hopefully there's not a lot of third and short, and we're keeping the uh, offenses to third and long. Um, but then finally, Fadal Brown, who we picked up off the waivers from Oakland last year, played a few games for us, had a couple flash moments on special teams and on defense, and uh, really impressed by his summer as well. Clearly the Packers were as well to keep him. Um, but active guys, I think that that group just made it too difficult to make a cut. I agree. Uh, and if you look at those six guys, they're pretty interchangeable. Like you said, with, with Lancaster and obviously Kenny Clark's mm -hmm. going to get the majority of, you know, close to all the snaps um, uh, in, in the middle. But uh, they might be able to move them around a little bit at times yeah. when you can bring in a, a Lancaster or a Kinsley Kiki, who I agree really uh, was another one of those guys that uh, progressed strongly uh, and finished camp strong. So it's it was it's nice to see that they can you know bring in guys at, at multiple levels and you know both outside and inside and move guys around. I think that's going to be a big key to keeping them fresh, and, and they complement each other very well. Yeah, so so sticking to the line, let's look at the other side. We know that football is one in the trenches on both the defensive line, 
but certainly the offensive line as well. And this, uh, the start of the season, the Green Bay Packers 2019, start the year with nine offensive linemen. I think we knew that David Bakhtiari was going to be there at left tackle. Um, we spent some money on Billy Turner to bring him to Green Bay from Denver. Corey Lindsley is an anchor at the center position. Um, and then, of course, Brian Bulaga has been doing this for a real long time. But we did see quite a battle between Lane Taylor and Elton Jenkins, our, our uh, second-round pick this year. Lane Taylor, name starter ahead of the fourth preseason game. Credit Lane Taylor, man, because that was a battle. The Packers had all, uh, gave every opportunity for Elton Jenkins to come in there. Uh, and Lane Taylor said, not yet, young man. I'm going to hold this thing down for another year. Um, now, I expect to see Elton Jenkins playing football on this offensive line. These are some of the toughest guys on the team, but they do get banged up at times. And I think Elton Jenkins is going to be a natural backup at a lot of roles. And he's certainly the future uh, on the offensive line as a starter, um, potentially at guard um, in the future, and, and Turner moves up to right tackle. You know, there's a lot of iterations, but that speaks to the um, amount of flexibility the Packers have on this offensive line, and um, we got a lot of talent here. Yeah, I almost wonder, as you said, Lane earned that spot and won that position. I do almost wonder if the number of different positions that they asked Elton Jenkins to play uh, may have hurt him a little bit, even mm -hmm. though it may help him in the long run. But did that hurt him in the short term in his ability to win this job? Um, I don't think it's going to hurt the team at all. In the long run, that's going to bo both help the team and Elton Jenkins' development. Uh, but it's an interesting thought yeah. bubble because uh, he was a rookie coming in and was playing both guard spots and had reps at center. Wow. And that's a lot of responsibility and a lot of things to be learning on the fly uh, for that young man. And, and I thought he performed pretty well, all things considered. Uh, so I agree. I, I, I definitely think we'll probably see him at some point both this season and definitely beyond. But we got a couple other uh, nice young guards uh, uh, on the team as well in Cole Madison and Lucas Patrick. Yeah. Uh, so happy for them. They were able to uh, have strong camps. And you got to feel really good about the depth at that guard and interior offensive line group, don't you? Yeah, and uh, I mean, two things. You know I love Lucas Patrick. He's just nasty. He, he's the first guy, if somebody t even breathes a little too hard on Aaron Rodgers after the whistle, Lucas Patrick's in their grill. Uh, you need to have guys like that on your team. I think that he potentially plays some backup center for the Packers this year as well, but he can play um, in the interior line. And then Cole Madison, after taking a year off, he was a fifth round pick last season, took a year off, took care of some stuff. Um, bravo, young man, to, to put yourself first, uh, you know, put your, your health first. And now he's back, and now he's a member of the Green Bay Packers. And that is not easy to do, to take a year off of football at the highest level and still make this roster. Yeah, there were some guys that we let go of this offensive line group mm -hmm. that I think, you know, had some, some talent and had some potential. And so it wasn't like this was an easy job to win. So for Cole to come back after not playing football for as long as he did, 
and make this team. I, you're right. That speaks volumes both to his character and, and, you know, his commitment, but also to his talent and what he can bring to this team in the long run. So I don't think he's a name that's going to go away. And, and um, I think uh, his future will only continue to look upward. So uh, I'm like, I'm very happy that uh, things worked out and, and we're able to move forward with with him on the roster as well. Yeah, and yep. Alex Light too, Wags. Uh, so our, our backup tackle here, Alex Light, uh, bravo. He's a guy who the Packers assigned as an undrafted free agent last year. Stuck all year last year, played in a few games, mostly on special teams, but I we've got a few limited snaps, if my memory serves me correctly. Um, uh, I think against Detroit um, but late in the year. But, um, you know, battled fought off other guys. And, and as you said, um, you know, I, for him to make this roster and, and for Madison to make this roster in past years, the guys, some of the, the guys, the Packers have cut, or we traded Justin McCray to the Browns. Those guys would be on the team, but it goes to show the depth that these guys have and how much they got after it in camp, because I feel really confident with the, the nine offensive linemen. And quite frankly, it could have been 11 at offensive line. It's hard to make some of those cuts sometimes. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, yeah, I feel very, very good about our offensive line. I feel great about our defensive line. I feel fantastic about our DBs. I feel confident in our linebackers and uh, excited about our outside linebackers. Um, our wide receivers are just have are dripping with talent mm -hmm. up and down uh, that whole receiving group. Um, I don't even have to mention our quarterback. We haven't no. mentioned our quarterback. What's wrong with us, Dane? <laughs> we we haven't mentioned our quarterback. Don't we know that Rodgers is what you know gets all the the folks listening here? Or what, or, or are we just are we just you know uh, equal deep, opportunity yeah. guys? We we love the, our whole team. We love the Packers, right? Yeah, we love the Packers. <laughs> we like deep cuts here. We like to go deep in this podcast. <laughs> Listen, if it, if it helps with listenership. Aaron Rodgers is the best quarterback in football, and I think he's going to take us to the playoffs again this year. Uh, we go where Aaron goes, uh, but we have surrounded him with so much talent. He's the man. He's going to um, he's going to just have a heck of a year. I don't think there's any doubt. What do you expect to see out of our running backs tomorrow night? We haven't seen much of either Aaron Jones or Jamal Williams all preseason. Yeah. Uh, they were a little dinged up. Uh, all accounts are they're they're fine. They were just kind of trying to keep them healthy. Um, but it's going to be a tough test here against the Bears. So let's transition into that. I think this yeah. is a good position group to start our little preview for the this Bears game. What do you think? What what should we be looking for tomorrow night? I expect about. I expect between 12 and 14 carries for um, Aaron Jones right in there. Um, I don't think he's going to be getting 20 touches. I think they'll mix in uh, Jamal Williams for another eight, eight or so, maybe nine. And then I think we'll see a, a smattering of Dexter Williams. And I wouldn't be surprised if Danny Vitale touches the ball a couple of times. So is there a magic number? Like if, if the Packers running backs get X number of carries between them, that means that I feel good about them winning the game. You know, it's a good question. Um, I don't know if I have a number in my head. I think that if they get a number of touches, I'm feeling really good because that means maybe the screen game's working a little bit. I think that we're going to see more of that, more than we've seen in the last few years. Um, so I, I think if we start seeing 20 to 25 touches out of the running back group, 
we're really working the bears. That's that's kind of where I'm at. Okay, I like it. So, um, I mean, because we're going to need to get some some of that running game going, in my estimation, yeah. in order for the play action to be respected and start to yield some results. And if they don't get that running back going early, that's really going to make uh, the rest of that offensive game plan quite a bit more challenging. Not to say they can't overcome that, mm -hmm. but it would be putting a whole lot on number 12 shoulders at that point. And luckily he's got big shoulders and he can handle it. Mm -hmm. But uh, at the same time, it would be nice, I think, to come out and see if they're able to move the football and uh, get that ground game running uh, right away in the first half. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. I'd love it if we ran it 40 times because that means we're just <laughs> running all over them. But I think it's going to be a really tight game. Sure. I think it's going to be really hard. So realistically, I think if we're in the 25 range uh, of running back touches, I think we're, we're playing pretty good football. If we're at the 30 to 35 range, um, I think we're kicking their butts a little bit. So one of the things I'm going to be keenly interested in is our third and shorts yeah. yardage situations. What are we doing in those situations, first of all? Are we converting at a decent percentage? And um, am I throwing my TV in the remote out the window and jumping off the LaFleur bandwagon mm -hmm. after one week? Mm -hmm. Dane, I sure hope not. Oh, but man. it won't take much for me to be very, very pleased with the results because I was so frustrated by that uh, down and distance last season mm -hmm. that it's not going to take much from an execution standpoint for me to to feel a lot better about where we were um, last year. No, I mean, do you expect the Packers to work in the running backs more than we have? We've been hearing it all offseason. I think that they're definitely going to be more of a focal point than in past years, and I do think it's going to be a group effort, including Danny Vitale. I think they like his athleticism. Um, so do you expect to see a lot of one-back sets with two tight ends? I mean, what are you looking for? Because, frankly... Right now, this offense is a bit of an enigma. I, I don't, we haven't seen Aaron play ball yet uh, in, a, in a preseason game. So we're, gonna, we're kind of going from what we've seen in practice and from what we've heard from, from coaches and, and from players. So, um, you know, what kind of formations are you looking to see against Chicago Bears tomorrow night? Well, I think we're going to see a variety of, of bunch formations. You know, they like to do the single back set uh, when they're running the play action. Um, we may see a, a little bit more screen game, both to the wide receivers and to the running backs. Um, and uh, uh, when we get some uh, movement pre-snap uh, with, with guys going in motion, that can certainly give um, uh, an opportunity to, to get that some of that screen game going. I guess, you know, the formations are great. Um, it still comes down to execution. And so it's all about, are these guys on the same page? That's the other thing that I'm really going to be looking for in this offense. You just said it. They haven't really gotten much work, if any, mm -hmm. um, for most of the starters. And so that's the one thing that, you know, I'm going to be a little bit uh, nervous about and we'll see it right away uh, whether they're actually rusty or you know because they didn't get enough work or whatever or it's the bears just have a good you know a couple good defensive series to start the game or 
you know, and things just don't quite work the way they were supposed to from an execution standpoint. I mean, there's a lot of factors that go into it. It doesn't matter. Perception is reality at the end of the day. If this starting offense starts slow, uh, those questions are going to be asked. And unfortunately, it's, it's somewhat legitimate if it does. So I'm hoping that's not the case, but um, that's something that I will definitely be looking for very, very closely. So WAGs, who should we be looking out for? We've got so many of these guys we've touched on uh, on the offensive de defensive side of the ball after uh, after preseason. Now that we have a final roster, are we, are we doing like for the season X factor for I'm, this week? Or I'm looking what? for this week. I'm wondering who Packer fans should be looking out for: one on offense, one on defense. Okay, um, I'm just going with my gut. I got Geronimo Allison offense. Uh, I think. Um, it's one of those things where they haven't seen much work. They're going to be keying on Devontae Adams. I think Devontae will get his, but I think Geronimo is going to be heavily factored in, in, this, um, in, in this game plan. And it makes sense, right? Because you're looking at someone that, with as good as this Bears defense is, oftentimes it's that second or third, I guess, depending on where you slot in MVS versus Geronimo uh, option that may have the best matchup. And so I'm really looking for Geronimo to come in and, and make a big impact here in game one. Okay, okay. And it's interesting you say that. I, I stay in the position group and I go with MVS. I think that he takes the top off the defense in a way that um, is going to be difficult for HaHa -Ha Clinton Dix to hold on to. So I've watched a lot of HaHa -Ha Clinton Dix over the years, and I think the Packers are going to attack him down the field a little bit, down the seam. And I'm curious to see um, how this shakes out. But um, we've got a lot of guys for them to cover, and I think that it's a, it's a coin toss potentially between Geronimo or MVS. Uh, they do a little bit different things, uh, but they both potentially at any given moment could just have a huge boom game for us. Awesome. Well, I, how about both of them, right? How about both? Yeah, why not? <laughs> uh, defense? I got to go with Zadarius Smith. I'm excited to see this guy. Yep. How can we not? I'm just, I can just see it now. He's going to come across that edge. Trubisky's going to be on his blind side. Zadarius going flying in for the sack. Ball pops up in the air. We get a turnover. We might even get a pick six. I'm so excited. Zadarius is going to make that big impact see? right away in game see? one. It's going to be the difference. Defensive MVP. Packers are going to win the game. Week one, he's bringing it home, baby. Oh, I like it. I like it, Wags. I think that's pretty good. I think that everybody would be happy if we see Zadarius do his thing. Um, and I, they're going to have a lot of guys they're going to have to put, put bomb men on uh, against us. And I'm looking at Darnell Savage. Uh, we signed Adrian Amos to a whole bunch of money. Um, you know, he's playing his old team. I think it would be easy for me to say, well, of course, the guy who's playing his old team, national TV is going to be the guy. But that's not necessarily his game. He's a guy who's in there. We know what he's doing. He is a sound football player. He's a great football player. But what he does, as well as anybody in the league, is he makes his counterpart look incredible. And I think tomorrow night, when the lights come on on national TV, Darnell Savage is going to say, hey, America, you're going to have my jersey on. You're going to know my name because 
I'm the new starting safety for the Green Bay Packers. Oh my goodness. That DB group is just dripping with swagger. I love it. Oh, I'm so excited for that too, Dane. It's going to be a lot of fun. I, I really, you know, as much as I want this offense to perform well, I wouldn't mind a knuckle, you know, it's a drag it out defensive battle these guys flying all over the field um you know and uh, hopefully the execution is there on the offensive side of the ball I, I i certainly think early in the season defenses are usually a little bit ahead of the offenses um, and w with as good as this bears defense is even with the change they don't have fangio i get it they, they've got uh, most of the same personnel back um, uh, obviously, we, we stole Amos, and now they've got Clinton Dix. Whatever. Uh, it's time to go. These guys uh, are, are going to be ready to. Um, but um, I'm, I'm very confident in, in what we can do, and, and I am just – I'm ready to start watching this right now. I, I don't mm. know how I'm going to concentrate at work tomorrow. It's going to be next to impossible. Hopefully, you guys are getting jacked up. If, if you're listening to this tomorrow while you're at work, mm. you know, just forget about it. Forget yeah. about it. You, you know, get out there and, and uh, get ready and prep for this game. Folks, 100-plus years of tradition, Chicago Bears – versus the Green Bay Packers. They've won some, we've won some. We've gone into Soldier Field and kicked their butts on the way to the Super Bowl. I think this is the makings of something so special. Can't think of a better way to kick off 2019 NFL season than the Chicago Bears and our beloved Green Bay Packers. We're going to win tomorrow night. We are going to win this game. Yeah, go yeah. Pack, go. Go Pack, go.